0: This podcast is brought to you by Upgrade Fitness. Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly insight into Ireland sport. Our thanks to Upgrade Fitness for their support of the show. Coming up this week, we'll talk cricket as the islands' clubs prepare to go back into battle with the best from Jersey as the Belasco CI Cricket League makes its return.
1: For us, if, you, if your domestic game is strong, then your international game, you know, rebounds from that. Probably more so for us than perhaps Jersey, because as Lee says, their guys have played off-Ireland more, more so. Our guys have relied on the domestic game and then the international games um, for that other focus. So this opportunity to play um, something you don't recognise, you've got a bowler doing something different, a batsman doing different, different grounds, all of that helps in preparation for going and playing in the wider sphere of ICC cricket.
0: More from Guernsey CEO Mark Latter and Jersey Development Manager Lee Malloy to come. Plus, we'll hear from Ireland bowl star Lucy Beer about the challenges facing her and the sport itself as she looks to build on last year's triumphant Commonwealth silver medal.
2: Just to go out and compete um, on the Australian Greens, you know, the home of bowls is Australia. I mean, you know, if anybody wants to aspire to be a professional bowler that is where you have to go so to even be given the chance to go and play in Australia you you really do have to grab it with both hands because you just don't know if you'll ever get that opportunity again
0: a fun interview with Lucy Beer to come, and we'll touch on some of the other big sporting stories of the week. I'm Tony Kerr, and alongside me, as ever, it's Gareth Leprevo. Hi, Tony. And Jamie Ingril. Hi, Tony. Uh, fantastic to see you guys. Um, beautiful sunny week and lots going on uh, and lots to talk about. Um, we'll come on to our moments of the week in a bit. Um, Gareth and I, you've had a busy start to the week, and you've got a long week ahead out on the golf course. The Ireland Championships in full swing. I know. It's
3: amazing, Tony, that you say it's a lovely sunny week and it's Ireland Championship week. <laughs> Usually I'm huddled under an umbrella in four, six gales on a, on um, this week in in May. But no, it, it's all set fair and uh, looking forward to a, a good week. We've already had a couple of really good matches on. Sort of, a, well, there was a prelim on Sunday, which was a good match in itself. But opening night, Bobby Ego sort of top seed, was three down with four to play. Uh, ends up winning on the last green. So already we've had, a, we've had some dramatic moments and I'm sure there'll be more to come.
0: Yeah, a bit of drama. Um, just a reminder, it coincides as well with our countdown of Guernsey Golf's top 100, which is edging ever closer into the top 10 this week. So keep an eye on the paper uh, every day um, to follow uh, the stories of our best ever golfers. Jamie, for you, have been tracking um, stuff uh, here on Ireland and further afield. And uh, yeah, particularly uh, a standout performance from our leading cyclist uh, up in Scotland. Taking a slight detour from the usual, we've had Sam
4: Colwell, who used to be a mountain biker, turned into a phenomenal road cyclist. He's giving gravel racing a shot. It's a very new discipline, but it's one which could potentially take him to world level. Again, he hasn't really spoken about his plans yet, but um, he has qualified for world championships after placing second to Team Ineos rider Connor Swift. At a race they called the Gralock, up in Scotland. Um interesting field in there. He was up there battling with Alistair Brownley, uh, for a good half of a race. Um I know that further down the field we had Valtteri Bottas. Yeah, so we had an F1 icon in the race. Uh presumably something to do with the fact that his girlfriend, uh Tiffany Cromwell, was racing and won the women's event. I think it sums up what I gather is kind of the appeal of the event. It's something new and it's something new and different, but it's also very competitive and it's got a load of room for growth. And hopefully, it like really establishes itself as like one of the top disciplines in cycling.
0: Yeah, there's lots to get into, isn't there? Moment, um, great to see Sam. Uh, yeah, off island and competing uh, in these big events. I know he was uh, away at the Lincoln Grand Prix, wasn't he? A couple of weekends ago as well, um, racing for a new team. Obviously, after the disappointment. Mm-hmm. Or the, I mean, a disappointment probably an understatement. Of of his uh, original plans for the season um, kind of going under with uh, the team 8085. But but um, yeah seems to be uh, back on track uh, at least for now and um, yeah with lots to look forward to obviously an island games as well so um, yeah good stuff that was the back page story uh, in Tuesday's paper I think yeah we also have to say congratulations
4: to Karina Jackson for fishing, finishing fourth in the age group yes yeah, still going strong um, right
0: that's it for part one coming up next we'll get your moments of the week and talk a bit of cricket Welcome back to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast. Right, let's get our moments of the week. Um, Gareth, I think yours is cricket, so I'll come to you in a second. Jamie, uh, yours was uh, yeah a, a very big event, which once again took over kind of most of the island on Saturday.
4: Yeah, so it's fantastic being down at Foots Lane for the vibrant closing ceremony that wraps up this year's uh, Youth Games. Um. So for those not overly familiar with the youth games, it's something which only happens every two years and it has as many as 700 children trying a completely new discipline. Uh, but we had record choice this year of 23 different sports. But another interesting theme this year is the fact that the teams were based around the islands that will be competing at, at this summer's home island games and like happening two months before it's less than two months before it, it's kind of a nice appetizer for that so yeah we had the team parading out at the end of the games day in a nice uh, closing ceremony and we had saint helena taking the honors topping their medal table so to speak uh i might not necessarily be expecting a repeat of that this summer
0: yeah i'll <laughs> be going some if they uh, top the medals <laughs> table um in july uh, but yeah congratulations to saint helena the kids are from guernsey representing you well mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic performance um Gareth uh yeah busy week of cricket and a couple of highlights for you on the field
3: yeah I I must admit my moment of the week undoubtedly was um the catch taken by Tom Nightingale at the KG5 on Saturday um it was an absolute stunner it was one of those that sort of you you feel lucky to have seen it live because it was sort of high above his head motoring it was really traveling and Tom sort of uh, leapt many a mile, it seemed, up in the air, one-handed above his head, and and took the catch. Um, and you have to feel a little disappointed for the batsman because it was uh, Luke Letitia who scored 114 at that point. Uh, he he was looking in great nick, and honestly thought he was going to go on and score 200 because um, he looked in very minimal trouble when making his hundred. And it really took something very special to get him out. So um, kudos to both of them for their for that um, moment and and for Luke's innings. It was a, a day in which there were three centurions in the O'Day Wealth Weekend Championship. Um, Luke finished on the winning side as Griffin's um, sort of cruise to victory, really, against Wanderers' regulars. Um, while up at the college field. Zach Damrell scored 110 not out as Kobo made a very imposing or a decent total of 291, um, which the OEA very nearly chased down with uh, Matt Stokes scoring 135. And I think Ben Furbrush made 90-odd as well. So it was a, a good game up at the college field, but one which Kobo won. And it's going to be a, a good title race, I think, in that one because there's only a, a couple of weeks left.
0: Yeah, good to see the Highlands batsmen in form because, um, yeah, we've got... Uh, well, as an exciting summer all round, really um, for for the islands' top cricketers. Um, but yeah, this weekend sees the return of um, the Belasco Channel Island Cricket League, albeit starting with a domestic <laughs> fixture, an all Guernsey game, and a repeat of Saturday's game, uh, which is uh, yeah, sort of classic fixture list material here. Um, well,
3: it, it, it's a repeat in terms of the the team names, but because it's a CR League, um, I think it, Wanderers Regulars will be a stronger side because um, the OEA don't compete in the CR League, so there'll be um, there'll be a couple of uh, very good players. I think turning out for, for Wanderers or regulars on Saturday.
0: Yeah, so a bit of a t- tougher test for Griffins um, this weekend um, but yeah, good to see the Channel and Cricket League making its return um, it's been a, a few years um, since it was uh, on the fixture list and yeah, it'll be very interesting to see uh, how the Guernsey sides match up against their Jersey counterparts um, this summer. Um, to find out a little bit more about the tournament, why it's uh, important that it's back on the schedule and uh, what it means as well in Jersey, I caught up with um, their development manager Lee Malloy and the ceo of guernsey cricket mark latter
1: i think historically when the first ci league was mooted it was always going to be um successful simply because it's guernsey v jersey and it gives something different and i know in both islands there's always been um that striving to find cricket beyond playing the same old faces week in week out um, and whilst um the icc more recently has given us that opportunity to go further afield the domestic guys and the clubs, um, the Channel Island League is an obvious way of getting greater focus for their cricket and offering that excitement of playing Green v Red, trips away to the other island, etc. So the opportunity to get back with it this year uh, when Lee um, put it to us was one uh, we were quite keen to take up.
0: Yeah, awesome. And yeah, you mentioned the sort of the international. ICC ambitions that, that both islands have got, obviously for Jersey in recent years, that, that's been at a slightly higher level. Um, I mean, sort of despite that, Lee, is it still something that you're, you've you been very keen to see that that your kind of domestic clubs have that, I suppose, domestic quality cricket on offer as well? Is it an important part of the overall picture for you guys?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've not long ago <clears throat> released a new strategic plan uh, where club cricket was very much at the forefront of it. Um, I think we've been through that initial long stage now of of seeing, um, you know, our, our men at ICC level thrive and continue to grow and, and reach levels not seen before um, and probably for times ignoring the local game to do so um, or, or not putting as much into it as we probably should. So it is certainly with the re- renewal of their uh, strategic plan a massive part of it um, and really, you know, once we reviewed last season and spoke to the clubs, the number one priority was always to get back to CI League cricket to provide, um, as Lat said, a little bit of variety for the local players and um, who isn't motivated by the opportunity to play the opposition from another island. Yeah, and just for people who don't know much about the cricket,
0: sort of the club cricket in Jersey, um, yeah, what, what, what is the scene like and um, yeah, what, what are the sort of strengths of the sides that they are going to be contesting the competition this summer?
5: Yeah, so I guess you... you describe it as in a little bit of a transition. We've still got our, the, the four sides now who are starting to see the fruition of the junior club cricket scene that's probably four or five years into its growth now. Um, one thing that we're contending with is that the best players with the um, demand of ICC cricket and the need to continue improving, they have gone off Ireland to find their cricket elsewhere, to whether that's in the UK or, or further abroad um, throughout the winter. But certainly eight or nine senior lads now are, are playing within uh, Premier Leagues across the UK and, and finding ways to do that. So um, whilst the, the highest quality of player is is um, travelling away, uh, there's now a, a good crop of youngsters coming through who play locally and, and have played within men's cricket for a few years and come from third team to second team up towards first team. So um, we're excited about the, the youth that we've got involved within the uh, clubs. And actually, I think across all four clubs now, we've got a a good mix of age and experience with young energetic legs so uh, yeah all four clubs looking looking like possibility of of uh, going for some wins
0: yeah great stuff and and mark for you is it encouraging to hear from from the jersey side of things that there is that renewed um kind of enthusiasm and, and support for for the club game and and, and you know, obviously that's something that, that that we rely on here as well to provide that competition and as much you know for the stimulation of the game here
1: Yeah, definitely. I think um, for us, if if your domestic game is strong, then your international game, you know, rebounds from that. Probably more so for us than perhaps Jersey, because as Lee says, their guys have played off Ireland more more so. Our guys have relied on the domestic game and then the international games um, for that other focus. So this opportunity to play um, somebody you don't recognise, you've got a bowler doing something different, a batsman doing different, different, different grounds, all of that helps in preparation for going and playing in the wider sphere of ICC cricket. Um, and then in the short term, also, obviously, you know, within two instances and that, there, there's a bit more familiarity in the terms of the players meeting each other more regularly. So it definitely helps um, across the board and it helps the clubs have that focus in retaining players, getting participation levels up. And as, as Lee said, it starts from that junior league. Now you can sort of get kids involved in the junior leagues, taking them through a domestic pathway. You've now got that CI league pathway on top of as well before you put on the green or the red against in Jersey. So it just extends the opportunities for everyone.
0: Yeah. And is there a good working relationship between the two islands at the moment? Is there a lot of opportunity for, for collaboration and, and and kind of closer working together? I know, uh, you know, for both islands, the the development of women's cricket is, is a big priority. Um, You know, are there lots of areas where, that, where you kind of, you do need, we do need each other.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think um, it's, An easy thing. I know they they talk about the government working together at uh, you know that level. Um, That probably is more harder to get together. But at our level, there's definitely synergies that we can use um, in terms of playing resources, uh, umpires, uh, boards themselves sharing ideas. Obviously, we're both ICC members, and there's stuff that comes up there um, that potentially we can speak about and put our heads together and trying to get a resolution that a suits us. But also possibly steer some of our European members in the right way to help ourselves. So having the history of cricket that we have, perhaps that some of the ICC members don't, that allows us that opportunity to throw a little bit more into the system. We've obviously got great facilities in both islands that maybe not always made as much use of by the wider ICC. Rail now you know, playing mats of grex grass, so it's good for us to be able to find ways to utilise those um, uh, facilities, people, etc. For sure.
0: Yeah, because you've got a busy or another busy summer, Lee, and uh, yeah, women's tournament um, on Ireland in just a couple of weeks time, right?
5: Yeah, um, starting next week. So uh, teams start arriving from Thursday this week. So we're all hands on deck trying to organize uh, the tournament in the background. Um, We're very excited at that possibility. We've worked really hard over the last three years within the women's game to to try and promote it and, and improve participation levels, whilst also giving the the girls who are playing at the highest level, the opportunity to train and improve and take them out of their comfort zones for different trips to try and um, get them exposed to high level cricket. Um, so it's a, a really exciting time for the girls game as well as the domestic game. So it's, uh, as you say, a very busy summer with CI League back and girls and women's tournament men have got um, already been involved this year already. They've had it at their first half of the year done um, and then they've got the T20 prep for July. So uh, yeah, it's good. It's good to be busy.
0: Yeah, good stuff. And Lats, I've got to ask you about the the travel. Obviously, that's been a sort of perennial thorn in the side of, of inter-island sport um, for a few years. How easy has it been to get the, the fixtures in the books and, and actually get um, yeah get seats on planes or boats?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, when um, I first spoke to Lee and Sarah about the CI League coming back, the biggest issues were going to be cost um, and travel. Uh, cost-wise, obviously, we've been very uh, fortunate in securing Velasco as the sponsors. For this tournament, and it literally is a case that without their assistance, it probably it doesn't happen. It's as simple as that. So, for Lawrence and the guys there—that's great to get them involved. Um, in terms of the travel, that's the next call. Um, so, I spoke to Brent Blondell up at Blue Islands. Um, we need the flights to be, uh, you know, later than they are as scheduled because we just simply can't get six, seven, eight hours of cricket in. Um, and they've been very accommodating in moving those out to allow those games to happen. We're getting the forty-five overs—that's so a decent, meaningful game of cricket. Um, and we've managed to do that right across uh, from the games starting this weekend locally right through to the finals. Yeah, fantastic. And
0: just um, give us a, a sense of, of the schedule then for the summer. How's it going to play out? Because we start with a, an all Guernsey game, don't we? But um, the uh, yeah, the inter island matches aren't too far behind.
1: Uh, no. So, I mean, it was when we first looked at it, it's traditionally always been sort of shoehorned into July and August. And that's essentially always the busiest period for our um, international. Um, pathway stuff, so we looked at how we could extend some of the other gaps and as it happens, yeah, Wanderers Irregulars and Griffins start at College Field here on Saturday and then um, we start going from sort of 17th of June onwards with Cobo uh, v walkovers, which is the first inter-island game, um, and then that carrying on right the way through, then the, the last couple of weeks of it, in 5th of August, 12th of August, we've got the most uh, trips between the t- teams coming back and forth so there'll be a lot of, you know, in and going cricket for people to come and see on both islands.
0: Sort of taking a, a view of the summer, yeah, a bit of an opportunity for the storyline of the tournament to develop and um, yeah, for teams to kind of, to build as they go on. Um, just finally, Lee, you mentioned, um, you know, your kind of senior uh, island players.
5: Are we going to see many of them at any stage of, of the competition? Uh, I can't say for sure at the moment. Um, I would obviously hope so because the, any time they're around, they improve the quality of cricket. We saw that. Off the back of the pandemic, when they stayed on island and played, um, it was a real fiercely competitive division. Um, I think it's all clubs have now been affected by it, um, whether that be senior players or university standard players who are going and playing good cricket. But um, I'd certainly say throughout the summer, the teams will get stronger as players return to the island. Um, it's going to be an exciting summer. It's got um, real potential to be an open um, scenario for all teams. We've just finished our 40 over league locally of which ones finished top um, for the first time for a few years, although they are quick to say that they're the reigning champions of the CI league having won it in 2019. Uh, my colleague Dom likes to remind me they've won it five years in a row now. So uh, he likes to to try and stir the pot a little bit. So um, even just by that though, engaging from that the, the the chat around the grounds and the clubs are, you can see that um, natural sort of excitement start to grow. And, and it really is a motivating factor for players locally who are, who are keen to crown themselves as the Belasco Channel Island champion. So, uh, yeah, I think everybody's excited for what's to come. And with multiple formats throughout the season, uh, with 40 overs, then we've got T20, um, majority of that done by the CI League, uh, before the CI League. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a real nice mix. But I think um, everyone's excited to to see how that season pans out and the culminating in a fantastic CI League uh, returning and, and inter-island rivalries. Uh, getting back going again and I'm certainly excited to see uh, who comes out on top because I do think this year more than ever it's going to be anyone can beat anyone on their day Um, and and the teams look evenly poised certainly from our end Um, and I know there's been some some strong results in Guernsey already this season with plenty of their Island players shining and coming to the fore so uh, yeah it's going to be really interesting.
0: Mark Latta from Guernsey Cricket and Jersey Cricket Development Manager Lee Malloy chatting to me there, um, and it's all action, isn't it, Gareth? As well, because um, yeah, we've got the start of even League One as well this week.
3: Yeah, it's uh, Top Flight is back, and um, it's going to be Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. We're a busy summer down at the KG Five, but uh, it's, it, I must admit, it's great to see the CR League back because it just gives that sort of freshness to um, like a domestic schedule. I mean, it, it's. Uh, it has been long been missed. It's, it's been great that we've been able to have cricket sort of through the pandemic and what have you, but you do get a bit stale sort of facing the same people over and over again. And just the, the idea of facing jersey clubs will really um, be a great appetizer for the for the Guernsey boys as well. But, uh, yeah, the CR League is perhaps the one of the my most memorable innings, perhaps in the wrong way, but um, <laughs> many of the Cobo boys will tell you that the day I was asked to open the batting against uh, Ryan Driver, who was a former professional, for those who uh, aren't familiar, he went on to be a teacher in Jersey, and um, I faced the first ball from him one, one day, and uh, he bowled this, um, basically, a leg cutter, which I missed by about three foot. <laughs> and to be fair for the rest of the innings I, I just thought right I know Ryan's only going to bowl his opening spell because he couldn't really come because of his body sort of letting him down by that point he wasn't going to return so I thought alright just play him out and I basically faced eight overs without actually playing a shot because he, he was such a tall bowler that everything went over the stump. So I just left everything. And uh, <laughs> my brother keeps reminding me of that innings to this day that, <laughs> that I basically played out eight overs without hitting a ball. It was quite. A, it was memorable in that regard. I the did my job that day. I, I maintain I did my job. I wanted to let the rest of the Kobo hitters have 20 overs at the end to, to go well. And we came very close to winning that game, actually. But uh, unfortunately, I think we lost out in the last over. But it was a very good game. That sounds like a tactical mask masterclass Um, yeah Uh, it tried to be that was the same day as I do remember my brother scoring 60 odd and I gave him an absolute mouthful when he got out because he should have scored 100 that day as well
0: well (laughs) lots to look forward to this summer Um, hopefully lots of uh, yeah lots of centurions uh, from a Guernsey perspective and I guess as well um, yeah, given the the sort of renewed ambition around Ireland cricket Jeremy Frithin is is director of cricket and you know with a a sort of a a fuller and more challenging fixture list um, than we've seen in the last few years you know the addition of the CI league um, will be uh, great for that and so some testing cricket to come I'm sure Uh, full coverage uh, as ever in the pages of the Guernsey Press so stay tuned for that. Welcome back now you might have seen um, over the last few days uh, a big publicity drive from uh, Guernsey's leading Lawn Bowls player Lucy Beer um, looking for fundraising to support her bid to go back to the World Championship this year uh, down under in Australia off the back of her fabulous silver medal at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham last year um yeah what are the challenges facing her personally um uh, just being able to compete in that tournament this year um against the backdrop of uh, the world well, the uncertainty we saw um in the organization of the sport locally earlier in the year um so yeah been a, a challenging uh, few months um for the islands bowls players and for lucy beer in particular um she dropped in uh, for a chat to tell us about that her hopes um for the rest of the year and just where the sport is heading Great to see you, Lucy. Uh, yeah, welcome to, to the here. pod.
2: <laughs> at last, <laughs> yeah, at last, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, lots going on for you at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. I know you've been sort of well, probably more so off the off the green than than on it in terms of um, getting your year set up. Just take us through the situation you find yourself in now, and and and. Yeah, you know the season you hope to be having um versus the one that, that is in jeopardy i guess
2: yeah um so obviously off the back of a fantastic campaign uh, last year um toying with whether i should retire after the commonwealth games and because it was the only medal that had eluded my lovely uh, cabinet shall we say um but yeah, I suppose the focus always was after after the Commonwealth Games. Well, okay, we've done the Commonwealth Games. Now let's go and have a crack at, at the World Championships. We were due to go um, 2020, obviously. The wretched COVID happened. Um, so yeah, um, I don't think we quite est- um, anticipated uh, how much things were going to cost and how much the cost of living and everything has gone up. So in the past, we've we've always paid for ourselves and um you know and I've never begrudged that at all um we've usually had a lot more time um to be able to fundraise and and things like that um unfortunately we were not given that um privilege this time um due to obviously the ongoing um changeover within Bowles Guernsey with um with Gary Collins leaving his legacy behind and obviously people picking things up and so yeah kind of world bowl selection kind of got swept under the carpet and um yeah and then last minute.com it was like oh we need to select this um so yeah I mean You know it was always an aim for us to go um some people could say well why didn't you start putting money by and things but i suppose you know again there was christmas there was whatever um so so yeah so i find myself in a position where um well we're looking for money that's that's why we're doing the just giving page um and first time we've ever really gone out to the public and asked um quite upset about some comments that perhaps we're getting but I suppose that's um social media for you these days and yeah you do get the odd troll which um which we could do without um but yeah generally uh, the the Guernsey together um you know feeling that we all had during Covid it is you know 95% there and and that's still great that we have that and I'm absolutely blown away with the support and love from from the Guernsey folk.
0: Yeah, and from your perspective, it's it's the kind of support that that you'd need to just to go out and compete in your sport at the level that you're that you've kind of earned a right to play at.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I feel personally, I feel I've got some unfinished business as well. Um, and uh, I, I remember saying to um Gary Collins when when the Commonwealth was over, and he said, "Well, technically, it's one all." Because you beat her in the group stages and then she beat you in the final. So, so yeah, it's one all. So, <laughs> <laughs> let's have a go. And, and yeah, I, I would love that chance. I mean, j- just to go out and compete um, on the Australian Greens. You know, the home of bowls is, is Australia. I mean, you know, if anybody wants to aspire to be a professional bowler, that is where you have to go. So to even be given the chance to go and play in Australia, you you really do have to grab it with both hands because you just don't know if you'll ever get that opportunity again.
0: Yeah, you've been working hard to, to find those fans. Just kind of fill us in on, on how you're getting on and, and how confident you are that you'll be, uh, you'll be down under later in the year.
2: Yeah, well, um, we wanted the 10K um, and so we've kind of um, taken a step back and thought about it a bit more logically yes we need 10k but we think that we could probably work it so that if we had 5k we could book our flights and then we've got the extra 5k we need to find over the next couple of months so we think it's manageable um, but we definitely need the 5k by Tuesday which is d-day in the fact that we have to commit to world bowls there and if we don't at least get the 5K, um, then, yeah, we're going to struggle to go.
0: And what's your sense of it right now?
2: Um, uh, Over the weekend, last weekend, I was feeling really deflated and really sort of down in the dumps and thinking, oh, my God, this is never going to happen. And, you know, this is just going to be the end. And, um, but, yeah, I um, there was a really... Cu- kind gentleman on Facebook who just kind of reached out to me and and just just gave me a bit of encouragement and just gave me you know made me see light at the end of the tunnel and I got onto my computer on Sunday morning and pinged out about 80 emails to different clients um and just different firms all over Guernsey and and um, we've had a few big donations from them. And when I say big, I'm talking like £250, £500, pounds, which is absolutely amazing. And I've been pledged further money, which will go in hopefully before the weekend. So, um, so hopefully reaching that £5,000 is actually not going to be a... Well, just, I just hope it's going to get there.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. And for you, um, in terms of your career then, as you say, coming off that enormous high at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham last year, does this feel like one last hurrah for you? Or you know, or if you can get to Australia and you can do well there again, um, do you see... Uh, you know, I mean, are you going to require this amount of effort to get to every competition that, that goes forward? I mean, obviously the Commonwealth Games next time are in Australia as well.
2: Yeah, I mean... I've taken a step back over the past sort of few days and thought, you know, if this is what is going to entail to compete at my sport at an international level, I haven't personally got the energy for it. Um, You know, I should be concentrating on training, on, you know, um, practising with rows and just all sorts of other things and not... Not that I don't like coming to speak to you, Tony, but, you know, um, I I shouldn't be spending all my time on Facebook, in the media and trying to, you know, bend people's arms up their back for money. (laughs) Um, You know, it should be about the sport. and, um, And I just really fear for the sport in Guernsey in general, because if this is what I'm having to go through, I can only imagine what other sports stars are having to go through as well.
0: Yeah, I was going to say in terms of bowls in particular, there was obviously a lot of uncertainty earlier in the year about the makeup of of the sort of the committee and the off the field side yeah. of things for bowls, guernsey There was a, a, a degree of jeopardy, I think, which he yeah. expressed quite strongly. That seems to have been resolved to a certain extent at the moment and things are sort of ticking along. But um, it, yeah, is there a firm base now to, to sort of, I suppose, go again for the sport?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I hope I hope that um, that we've got our base back. Um, I mean, Gary Collins, what he's done for our sport is is second to none. Um, he's he's left a legacy to to really fill. Um, There's probably areas of Bowles Guernsey, which was always left to Gary because he just uh, always did it. Um, So I think they're trying to sort of muddle their way through of saying, well, going forward, it's not just going to be one person that's going to do that. It's going to be so-and-so is going to do that. So, yeah, it's about sharing the role now. Um, I know one of the committee members has basically stepped up this year and he did actually say I am literally just doing it for this year so that was really good of him to do it. Robin is um, the new president and um, genuinely nice guy and really wants the best for bowls and that any dealings I've had with him over the past sort of month as Bowles Guernsey, um, president has been, well, I, I feel confident, um, in, in Robin and, and yeah, and I just hope that the players and, and the rest of Guernsey bowls just get behind him and support him.
0: Is that the challenge for Bowles? Because unlike some other sports, you know, your Guernsey's participation at a sort of global level, there are international tournaments that, that that players represent the island in. Um, so there's lots of opportunities, which is fantastic. But then to actually to kind of get the infrastructure behind uh, the infrastructure sort of behind that in place yeah. is more of a challenge.
2: Yeah, I think so as well. And and I think with bowls, I think there's three tiers and I think every single tier needs to be looked after and and it should be 33.3 percent um you know so you have your grassroot bowlers you have your guys that kind of turn up and for um you know they've lost their partners or company or whatever or they're just starting out they you know they've finished in football because they're too old at 40 or whatever and they want to come and have a go and then you've got your kind of like what I say is your competitive bowlers they want to play a few competitions might think about playing for their club, but not really sure about playing for Guernsey. And then you've obviously got your elite bowlers, but everybody has to be treated the same. And I find sometimes it's very lopsided, like, yeah, but, you know, we've got all the juniors or we've got all of this, but actually the juniors are are not more important than anyone else, you know? So that's about finding that balance. And I think the clubs need to work together to be able to get that balance.
0: Yeah. And what's the rest of the season look like other than hopefully a trip to Australia um, to compete at the very top level? But, uh, you know, what else should we be looking out for on a local level?
2: Uh, on the local level, we've got um, we've we've obviously it's actually qu- a quiet season, believe it or not, for for us um, locally. We've got our, you know, our national competitions as such um, and possibility of me going to the staying on and playing in the champion of champions um if if i get to australia but yeah from a local perspective pretty quiet we've got the island games which is indoors but um but yeah so if it was a season to take off this is a season you want to take off next year there's um you know Other things coming up. So, so let's hope the selectors can start thinking about those sooner rather than later. So we're not in this, um, this scenario again, but yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, but you know, there's always stuff going on down the bowls club and you know, we'll have our inter club games and things. So yeah, but, um, but still a busy schedule though. You look at the island schedule and, and the club schedules and there's not. Much spare time with your leagues and things like this, so yeah.
0: But yeah, well, Lucy, thanks so much for coming in and chatting. No and, worries. Uh, yeah, best of luck with that final uh, final push.
2: Yeah, thank you, and thanks for having me.
0: Lucy Beer chatting to me there. Wish her all the best um, with her efforts to get down to Australia this year. Um, Yeah, and um, hopefully uh, then again in a couple of years' time to win another Commonwealth medal. So, uh, yeah, uh, a lot of air miles to be racked up there. And in pursuit of glory for Guernsey, Um, we do wish her all the best. Uh, Right, before we finish, let's just have a look ahead at what's coming up this week. Uh, What stands out, Gath? Um, well, other
3: than the, sort of the climax for the for the Island Golf Championships, um, it's the big weekend for paddle when they host their first grade one British tour event at uh, the Guernsey Paddle Club. So that'll be a, a busy weekend down there with some really good action, you'd imagine. Uh, it's also the uh, British show jumping Guernsey spring show at Chemin Lenoir over the, the two days of the weekend. Um, and in terms of cycling, there's a couple of big events in terms of the fact that they're going to be using the Island Games courses over the bank holiday weekend so there's plenty to look forward to.
0: Good stuff Gareth. Yeah, really busy weekend. Um you can follow uh, everything in the Guernsey Press. Um so make sure you pick up a paper six days a week. And um, do follow us online as well at GSY Press Sport. It's a place to go on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We'll be back next Wednesday with another Guernsey Press Sport podcast. Our thanks to Upgrade Fitness um for their support. We'll see you next time. Cheers guys. <laughs> Cheers Tony. Cheers Tony.